Everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Commit First podcast. And today we have Adi PNR on the show. Adi is the founder of multiple companies. Uh, you know, most of us know him or don't, don't know him maybe specifically, but the company that he built, WooCommerce, which was acquired by Automatic WordPress. Um, and then later he created another company called Convergio, which was acquired by Campaign Monitor. And his latest company is called Cogsy. But today he's here on the show because he wrote an amazing book, which, called, which is called Life Profitability. And if, if you know me, you know, it's right up my alley, um, but you have no idea because in this episode, Eddie and I, we talked about so many topics. We talked about why work-life balance as a term is bullshit and what is actually, how do you actually build balance? Uh, we talked about the concept of um, looking at things like a portfolio of investments. We talked about how to plan for balance in life while building a business. How to, we talked about awareness and, uh, and, and something called the tripwire principle that Addy presented. We talked about mental health. We talked about entrepreneurship and marriages and, 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 and things that are not coming up as often. We talked about hard times. We talked about mental toughness. We talked about like, so many important topics that I think this episode is a goldmine, everybody. And at the end, we also just up the, up the bat, we just uh, decided to have a giveaway of 20 books. Um, it was like, I suggested 10. I said, I'm going to buy 10. And then Addy just upped it to 20. For every book that I'm buying, he's going to give out another one. So we have a book giveaway. Stay until the end to listen how you can win a book. And you have a high chance of winning because it's 20 books. So uh, everybody stay until the end to hear how you can win uh, a book here. And, um, and so life profitability, Addy PNR, amazing interview everyone. Enjoy. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the Commit First podcast. Today I have Adi PNR. Is that how you say it, by the way, Adi? Adi PNR. Adi PNR. All right. Adi, Adi is kind of like a, uh, it's also an Israeli name. I don't know if you know, but it's like, it's a very Israeli name. So, um, so Adi PNR. Awesome. Uh, which is, so Adi, you guys might know Adi, like, or if you don't know Adi, Adi is the one who actually built WooCommerce, which is freaking amazing. Uh, WooCommerce, you probably know. And uh, he sold that to um, Automatic, uh, WordPress, obviously. And then after that, he created Convergio, which was sold or acquired by Campaign Monitor. And then after that, his latest company is called Cogsy. Um, but the thing about and, and why Addy like, is here on the show today is because we're right now in the midst of launch week of his new book, Life Profitability. Uh, sorry, Live Life Profit Profitably. Um, by the way, is it like, so first of all, let's talk about the title. Yeah. It's not live profitably, right? It's not life profitability. It's, it's life profitably. What, what does that mean? Yeah, so, you know, at the core, Sagi, um, you know, what I really want to do and what I really kind of stumbled into as I kind of built my last business, Convergio, was this kind of idea where it became really hard for me 
when the measurement of my business success was really narrow, right? And was you know, mostly focused, not exclusively, but mostly focused on financial profitability, right? And I mean, financial profitability and profitability in general is something that all entrepreneurs are kind of, you know, accustomed to, right? That's how we measure businesses. That's how we keep businesses alive. You kind of, you make profit, you reinvest profit. That's how you grow, right? right. And what I wanted to do was, I really wanted to think through kind of, you know, how do I kind of build a business that serves my life, right? And not other way around. Like right. my life should not serve, serve my business. Yeah. Um, and that's effectively where the kind of the term like kind of life profitability you know, comes from is not just that narrow financial kind of profitability, you know, of the word, but really that expanded kind of your context around kind of how can I build a business that is truly life profitable? And I think, I think that's, that's amazing. And, and the fact that um, you have this kind of concept really connects to what I'm doing as well. And we, we just had a, had a uh, short talk before we started with the record button. And kind of like I told you, hey, man, like it's, it's funny because on podcasts, it's like that. You don't know who, who you're up against. And, you know, I, you know, I didn't know you before specifically. I obviously I know WooCommerce and um, I heard about Convergio, but like this is, um, and so I think we have a lot in common. You're also a dad, right? Um, you're also a father and husband and uh you also are you, you know you, you came from the kind of like tech scene i would say or you know you built you know tech companies um and i think like basically i think we have a lot to to relate to and also uh you're also interested in, in stoicism and, and buddhism and all those um, um topics that i think are life-changing in the days we live today um so I guess the first part that you know I would love to talk to you about is um, is living your life in terms of how do you mix the work and the life together is one because I think both of us are kind of like on the same line about that but I heard you talk about how work-life balance is bullshit right and I I, <laughs> I preach that as well totally like um, and how do you so how do you do you need do you think there's there's balance needed do you think there is how do you make those two work together yeah totally so yes i think um i like the concept of balance in general right um and like yeah. just take a step back and then i like my i'll give everyone my hot take on, on work-life balance and why i don't think it makes sense you know in, in 2021 and beyond right but you mentioned stoicism and buddhism right and i think when, when I think about those things, um, like there are so many things and ideas that we see elsewhere in the world that, or elsewhere in the universe, right? Not just the world, right. in the universe, in nature, that seems is working, right? And we never apply those concepts to business because we, again, we have this very narrow definition of business, right? So right. I think when you think about balance, like the universe is in balance or it always attempts to be in balance, right? So right. I think balance is important. The reason I don't think work-life work balance specifically exists is because when you think about work-life balance, then it proposes that work and life are these two kind of independent separate things that right. can keep each other in balance, right? Yeah. And it's a very binary thing. And I don't think that works like that, right? Because we all know when you have a your shitty day at work, right? Yeah. You go home, like you're short with your kids, right? You get in an argument with your, your partner, your spouse. Like, so there's always that kind of overflow. Or if you slept badly because the kids were gremlins last night, like you have a shitty day at work the next day, right? So yeah. the, the, 
we're a kind of interplay and energy exchanger. So when I think about balance there, so I guess I, I think, you know, work is part of life. And if you want your kind of, if you want to balance life, right, that's the term you want to use here. You should balance work with all those other important things in your life, whether that's kind of family, whether it's friends, side projects, passions, hobbies, your, your health, sleep, like all of those other things like should be in balance you know, to, to your work. And that's what I would call your kind of life portfolio. And I really think about it in the same way you think about an investment portfolio that is balanced according to kind of risk preference, you know, outcomes, like whatever those goals are for you. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's how I would balance things, right. Work is just one, you know, one of those stocks, like one of those components in your life portfolio. Right. I, I love that. How you use it kind of like, you know, it's like in your portfolio and, um, I, I, you know how actually you would relate to this the most because you know how there's like full stack developers, right? And um, in my profession, I was called a full stack designer. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm always saying I'm building a full stack life. So business is one of those things, right? We're, but we're building like a full stack life and that's what we're doing here. Like not just work, life, it's no, like, you know, we're parents, we're fathers, we want to be the best fathers we can. We're um, husbands, right? We want to be the best husbands we can. We, we are business people but we're also like building a brand so we want to kind of like there's, there's multiple levels on each one of those um and i, I want to ask you because i know how i kind of um achieve balance in those things i have some methodology that I also teach my coaching clients and everything but how do you achieve balance how do you um get the balance in your life how do you plan out yeah. to have balance that's a, that's a great question. Sammy. So I think, um, you know, part of the way I think about kind of balance today is, is, is really from, um, you know, kind of me stumbling into mindfulness about six years ago, right? And I, you know, I, I really was kind of a noob, and I totally misunderstood kind of mindfulness and meditation before I got into it. And the way I now explain, explain it to people is mindfulness is just that kind of, you know, having the awareness to notice what is going on, right? Whether it's in your mind or around you, and then being able to kind of, you know, decide to take action or not to, you know, take action. So for me, when I think about kind of your know, balance is I often do things where like I exceed limits, um, you know, I make mistakes and then just having the awareness to calmly come back to, you know, to a place of better balance as quickly as possible, right? Okay. So I think that that is basically my practice and just making sure that I constantly kind of exercise that mindfulness muscle to build out that awareness, right? Yeah. So I, I really rely on that awareness. And then to augment that, because I'm only one human, right? And I, um, I will never be perfect with kind of awareness. And when I am out of balance is I, I like the idea of having tripwires, right? So where I know that if if X, Y, or Z is true in my life, I'm probably out of balance and I should probably take a step back and reconsider what's going on. And like the two major kind of people that help me kind of be those tripwires, for example, is like I, my wife, I truly trust her when she says, hey, why are you so short with the kids? What's going on, right? Yeah. That's, that's normally kind of that indication of, hey, wait, you know what? There is actually something bugging me. Right. Mm -hmm. That is why, like, this is actually not about the kids. There is something else bugging me. So, like, my wife, um, and then especially in Convergio, my my best mate, um, he was also my TYC um, in the company, and it was great having him there because it's that trusted person that can essentially call bullshit on kind of any of my actions and just raise that awareness. When my awareness is not there itself, having someone else just amplify that a little bit and put it you know on your radar and say, hey, Adi, like 
dude, like, what is up? Like, why did you snap in that meeting? Like, like, or why did you look distracted in that meeting? So that's, that's how I think about balance at this, you know, kind of the stage is really just yeah. being aware of when things don't feel good. Right. And then deciding yeah. kind of how can I change it? Should I even change it? Right. Because the answer sometimes is just that, you know what, this is an uncomfortable situation and I should just sit with that discomfort, not judge the feeling, not necessarily do anything, just be in that moment. Yeah, I, I love that because, you know, sometimes we tend to, well, I think most humans react, you know, obviously, right? They lack awareness, they lack awareness of the awareness and they just, you know, they're not mindful. Um, and then they react, up, you know, to everything around them. And most people live their lives that way. Um, I know that I'm, you know, a practitioner of meditation for I don't know, 15 years or so. And I'm still like constantly trying to be mindful you know every time it's really hard right like i actually have a tattoo remember to be mindful on my arm so um it's for me to look at every time like i'm working on the computer just you know just for a second and um but there's something about awareness and i i just recently it's funny that you mentioned awareness the, the exact word because i'm actually into that right now i really like i i'm uh one book that i'm listening to right now is uh the secret um but the the it's called the greatest secret it's from um the same author it's uh Rhonda Brin I think uh who who wrote the secret she she just put out a new book uh it's called the secret the greatest secret and that's talking about awareness and how to um and why we tend to get stuck in the loophole of reaction because you know once our mind is constantly assessing things all the time so it's like uh first assessment second um like comparing and third reacting something like that so it's like and and um uh, but yeah there's something about mindfulness where as entrepreneurs and i know you talked about it also on, on another podcast but it's like as entrepreneurs we tend to want to achieve a lot of things right and we want to build amazing companies that's where you know we come from that ego and, and wanting to achieve and that's great yes. on the one hand on the other hand we need to understand that we don't control anything, you know, um, and, and live with that. Um, so I guess it's, it's a hard thing to do, but how do you, how do you process these kind of things? How do, you, how do you work on being okay with what's to come when you're building, like you build multiple companies that were acquired, man. Like you, you're still building uh, companies that are, you know, reaching high numbers, have employees. That's a lot of pressure. How do you deal with the achievement part inspiration part uh, yeah with everything going yeah. on um not perfectly right i think that's that's always something that kind of people should know right is that i'm not perfect um in any way and even in in, in writing the books and i think you know many people we're recording this as you mentioned in launch week and i i, I am definitely stretching myself Kind of in you know, kind of this week, right? Um, not just with the book launch, doing loads of things around the book launch. I'm also closing a pre-seed round of funding for for Cogsy, my new SaaS startup, um, as well as getting the first version kind of into you know initial customer hands, right? So there's a lot going on in my life, and and we're you know having to move out of our house because we're renovating, right? Uh -huh. And I think the thing, the reason I mentioned that is, um, like I have to be honest here that you know. I don't propose these ideas because I've perfected them. I propose them because um, I think that there's value in saying these things and being vulnerable about where the, these things don't work, right? Because yeah. where things don't work, like that's normally um, 
kind of investigating them, looking at those things is normally a better way forward, right? You can try and improve those things. So um, I, get, I, I wanted to put that disclaimer out there. Um, but I think the, you know, the, the thing that works for me, sorry, is to, to really acknowledge just the tension between things, right? So acknowledging yeah. the kind of the ambition that I have, the thirst for learning, this kind of that, that ego kind of, you know, push, right? That I want my ideas, my creations out in the world. Yeah. And then the kind of the acceptance part, which is, as you mentioned, I don't control things. Um, I need to be content. I need to be, have the ability to be content and present in this moment, mm -hmm. regardless of always being, being forward looking. And, and I recently went through this as I was deciding what I wanted to do, having spent some time with uh, Campaign Monitor, the acquiring, acquiring mm -hmm. company for Converjo. And as I sat and I thought, kind of, what do I want to do next? And I got into the initial bits of Cogsy and I was like, oh, do I really want to be a founder back in the trenches? And the thing, because it's hard, right? Like, and yeah. again, I, I get that kind of pull between these two different kind of parts of the spectrum, right? And yeah. I think what is important there is just acknowledging and accepting that there will always be tension. Like anything that's worthwhile in life, there will always be tension, right? And like right. for me, where this illuminated and, and I especially love the way um, Alan Watts kind of, um, you know, describes this. And he always says, you know, we, we only know light because we only know dark, right? We only know good because yep. we also know bad. Yeah. And that tension, like, is something that I've acknowledged and accepted and it will always be there. And again, like, I, I spoke about this idea that there are so many natural occurrences in life that is already just like it is, right? And, yeah. you know, for tension, if you think about human muscle, right? If I think about my hamstrings, right? Like, they're constantly, I really, I, I would tell you, I have relatively tight hamstrings, right? And as a runner, that's hard. Yeah. But the, the kind of the muscle needs to be somewhat in tension. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Otherwise, right. you can't you can't move, right? If there's no tension, there is also no muscle, right? To right. propel you forward. And there's no growth, so, right? And, I mean. Yeah, exactly, right? So anyway, so that's that's how I think about just, you know, just constantly acknowledging that tension between these things and not try, trying to change the tension. Because I don't think the tension itself ever completely goes away. Right, right. I mean, I, I think... You know, as entrepreneurs, we um, we tend to not think about the hard things that we were going we're going to need to go past. You know, in order to create success, and and that you know becomes a problem at one point. You know, when we stumble across obstacles, um, and I, you know, I've, I've also been like I've I've had my fair share of obstacles, you know, and, and stuff like that, but. Um, um, I was wondering because like you were, you built amazing companies already. Like you built two companies, they're acquired, like you sold them. Um, I, I want to just ask you for a second, like about, a bit about maybe your, your, um, your process and philosophy while building those companies. Did you still have the same philosophy back then when you built WooCommerce? Like, did you, were you like, we're going to talk about morning routines. I know you have one and I want to ask you about it, but like, did you have morning routines? Did you, were you in this like success mindset back then already? No, no. So I think the kind of the key thing and, um, you know, that many people should know about how we kind of built with Eames and WooCommerce, right? Is that, um, you know, Magnus Mark, my co-founders and, and, and Woo, like we were, I think we were young in age firstly, right? And that was our first rodeo. And, mm -hmm. You know, with themes kind of rode on this wave of WordPress's kind of growth at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then we found an exponential wave when we released WooCommerce kind of you know, a couple of years later. And things happened so quickly there, sorry, that um, like, uh, 
I mean, I would probably tell you that yes, right? I don't think you know, I would have been or we would have been successful had we not have some kind of habits and disciplines and philosophies and stuff in place. But I don't think we had the clarity, right? It's mm -hmm. necessary to, and the vocabulary to communicate it. So, yeah. um, you know, one of the things, things that I love, for example, not necessarily about kind of the way I work, but, you know, with WooThemes kind of culture, the team culture was something that happened to us. And um, Jason Cohen from WP Engine, he always says that, or he has this quote, and I'm, like, I can't remember the exact words, but it basically comes down to, the point where he says every team has a culture right mm -hmm. some teams just aren't kind of aware of it right so it's like those things are there you're just right. probably not aware of it so i i think that, that was a big learning with with teams and then when i went into conversio like i had this i think i was when i was older i was more experienced um i'd learned from a few mistakes so i think older i was more know? kind of uh, 36 so 36. Not, right. almost my age yeah i mean i'm 37 yeah, so um, I think like, I wanted to be purposeful and proactive in many of the things I did with Convergio, right? So that's already a different lens. Like if you do yeah. that, whereas many of the things, even the good things in, in Wu was almost reactive, right? Yeah. Whereas with Convergio, I tried to be that kind of more purpose, you know, purposeful and proactive. Um, so I started changing things, right? So I think that's the first part of The second part thereof is my life fell apart just shortly after I kind of you know, started uh, Convergio, right? I... Um, like wow. I, well, the, the why was my, just my therapist helped me understand that my mind was constantly on fire. Like I was just constantly mm -hmm. in fight or flight mode, which is perfect, you know, to be in as an entrepreneur because it puts kind of, it drives you forward. Yeah, it I doesn't mean, work. you know, stress, obviously. Yeah. I mean, but, but first of all, sorry, before that, what happened that your life fell apart? Like what, what, how did it show in the world? I think, um, well, I mean, I, I ultimately convinced myself that I needed to divorce my wife, right? And I needed to break from my family because, and I started to blame everything else in my life for the way I was feeling, like discontent, like angry. I was just like, I remember at some stage, I was just like consistently very, very angry, right? Mm -hmm. um, not depressed, just angry and irritated, yeah. frustrated. Yeah. Um, and like, so, and it got to a point where I said, I, like, I convinced myself that the only way out was this really radical change in my life. And I was fortunate that um, I had enough grace um, in my life that that didn't come to fruition. And my wife and I are still together. Last year, we were married for kind of 10 years. We've been together for nice. 11 and a half now. Nice. Um, and, we, and we got through that. And it, like, but that's what I learned there, sorry, was like through that process, that's how I got into mindfulness, right? My, my therapist pretty much said like, listen, you're, um, we, were, we were in couples therapy and then yeah. my therapist actually, like she got me to freak out like in a session where as she said, we have, we have to start working with you, right? And she got me into <laughs> mindfulness. She explained to me like, listen, you're, this is not like this stressed state, this high, you know, kind of hypervigilance you know, state that you're constantly in is not good. Like you're not being the best version of you, like not for yourself, not for the people around you and not crucially, not even as an entrepreneur and leader for your team. And, right? and were, you, so, were you successful? Like uh, the company, was it successful or was it a very stressful situation cash flow wise and stuff like that that caused this irritation and stress? No, so I mean that, that was in the early stages of Convergio's life. Like and like Convergio probably has about three steps. So um the first kind of two and a half years, we grew wildly to just be on you know two million dollars ARR. Um mm -hmm. then we kind of hit the skids a little bit, um, you know, plateaued on revenue growth, I had a mistake in terms of revenue reporting. 
where suddenly kind of, you know, I had to kind of, the, the money just wasn't in the bank, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Which, which sounds ridiculous. Um, had to lay off team members, then had to kind of, you know, go back into the business and really take it. Like I tell people like for a year long after I had to lay off people and almost, you know, kind of because we almost ran out of money. Yeah. Um, I had to take a screwdriver to every single screw in the business. And you, you kind of do that turning motion and you try and find this kind of the screw that is that slight, you know, slight but loose, right? And you can like still has that little bit kind of, of, of leeway and you turn yeah. it like 0.1 degrees, right? And for, for a year, that's what it felt like, right? We had to do mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't say uninspiring, but it wasn't fun work trying to turn the business around. And then we came out of that, start growing again, and then ultimately sold the company to Campaign Monitor. So, um, but the point is like when the rest of my life broke down, the business was not the problem. Right. I, I was I was the problem. The, the way I was I was reacting, the way I was feeling was problematic. Well, I mean, I think, you know, not a lot of entrepreneurs have this conversation. Um, you know, thank you for being vulnerable and, and open about it, because I, I think most entrepreneurs and, and that's what I love about podcasting. Right. We're, we're talking and like you can share your your struggles and pains like freely because it's kind of like a safe platform. Because, you know, the, probably everybody's listening. It's kind of like, we're the same people, right? Like if, if someone's listening to the show, it's because they're like us. Um, and I think not a lot of people are talking about the pains in marriages, the pains in finding yourself in a business where, you know, you have, you know, tons of expenses, but you're almost, you know, close to zero in the bank with employees and you have to make hard decisions to lay off people. Um, I, I can say, you know, that I, I also like, you know, I, I was also in um, last year in, in marriage consultants with my, with my wife. Like, it's the first time I'm kind of saying publicly, but yeah, like, listen, like these kind of things. And, and then when I, when I was in that stage, um, I can say that um, I talked to a few friends, close entrepreneurs, friends, and they're like, no shit, man. We like, what's the name of the therapist? Like, and I'm like, ah, yeah. And, and, and it's like, a, con- a whole conversation open with people around me about how hard it is to have a proper marriage while building a business, right? And again, it comes back to that balance and about like how we take things and how we operate. Um, and uh, man, I mean, it's it's definitely like a, it's it's you know one of the things that you have to we all have to kind of like look at in the big picture and um, also the pains of get, getting through hard times in the business. And I, I know you mentioned it on the other podcast, but like the, exactly the point where you said you were at about a two months kind of period where you needed to just clear your head and mind from everything in the business. So you didn't really want to be in the business. Like you needed to take time off, but actually it's when the business needed you most that you had to be in the business. And this kind of like push and pull um, is something that is very hard mindset wise um, and that, that also happened to be in 2019. And the way I got at it is by building, learning and practicing mental toughness. Um, and so I know you talk about that as well. Um, and can, can you talk about just mental toughness or how you see mental toughness in general? Yeah, and I think, but by the way, like how I, I got out of that, uh, those two months is I, I got into poetry, right? I, I like for the first time in my adult life, I actually started reading poetry um, and I started writing some of my own poetry as well, just yeah. as a, almost an escape, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and like even thinking about that now, so I mean, like trying, connecting that to mental toughness, I think, you know, mental toughness um, is 
I think just being able to sit with that discomfort, right? And not necessarily physically even sit, right? I think, um, you know, like doing, if I think about, um, you know, a couple of years ago, just as I was, um, you know, just as I was getting into mindfulness, uh, I also decided that I have this crazy ambitious goal that I want to run my first marathon and I want to run it in sub four hours, right? And anyone that's met, you know, met me knows that I, like, I do not have a runner's body, right? Um, I'm, I'm generally fit, but I do not have a runner's body. And it was an aggressive goal. And I ultimately, like it was 2016 and I, and I ran 2000 kilometers that year. And I, remember um you're running the marathon in berlin um and what i did was um and i mean this like you told me beforehand that you know you, you're, you're, pract you're practicing kind of your buddhist or you at least practice you know a party to what extent right mm -hmm. um but the story of kind of how buddha became buddha right where he's sitting under the bodhi tree and and mara the demon eventually comes to him and, you know yeah. she constantly kind of tempts him right and yeah. tries to get him out of this that state of peace or calm mm -hmm. and then eventually he just says you know he, he keeps telling her like hey mara i see you i see you and he eventually kind of invites her her to sit with him and have tea right and i remember running that marathon and every single kilometer because i as i i train hard but I'd never run more, I think, than 35 kilometers, right? So, you know, marathon being 42 kilometers. And yeah. I remember, like, from the first kilometer, like, as soon as my watch said and pinged and said, you just kind of you know, finished the kilometer, you're starting a new kilometer, I would just say, and I would just remind myself, hey, new kilometer, I see you, right? And I'm excited and curious to see what you bring. And I think that's that mental toughness is being able to ultimately feel because, you know, part of that um, and added to kind of that, you know, per kilometer, um, you know, awareness that I had during the marathon is I would also just feel my feet on the ground. Yeah. And then eventually I got to 36 kilometers and my feet were so incredibly painful. So I like I like wow. literally like wow. it was like incredible, like just incredible pain. And I think that's mental toughness to be able to have that you know, feeling of discomfort and pain, whether it's mental, emotional, mm -hmm. physical, and then being able to just be with it, right? Like sometimes we can't change it. Like yeah. I think that's what breeds kind of the that mental toughness. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it, man. I mean, I also um, so I'm I'm into running at the you know a, a bit right now as well. Um, I'm I'm practicing like right now um, a lot of like just weights and, and stuff like that. Um, but I also, I'm, I'm running and I just ran, um, like my, my, um, uh, the most I ran was 12 kilometers and it was like about two weeks ago. Um, and it was because I used to run like max five, like really like long runs for me were like five. And that was like, I came back broken. Um, but just be, towards the end of the year, I said, you know, okay, now I want to, I want to up my thing. I want to like, I'm uh listening to you know david goggins you know david goggins and um yeah and uh and i'm also in in a community with uh, jesse itzler if you know jesse itzler um jesse itzler and oh Chet yes Pat. yes okay yeah awesome yeah so these guys are like you know <laughs> ultra marathonists and i'm like holy how can this guy jesse itzler was like an amazing entrepreneur and he's like 54 years old run um like 100 miles how is that possible? Like a few times a year, he's, done, he's doing these races. I'm like, and I can't even run, you know, past five kilometers. I need to freaking just get myself out there and prove to myself, like, you know, that it's possible. And um, yeah, so right now I'm on, I'm on, I'm on 12, but my knees hurt like shit. So I'm, I'm, 
uh, hopefully <laughs> I'll be able to beat that. But every time, you know, also, um, so Jesse sort of has this thing with uh, the community with Chad Wright. He's also, he was a former Navy SEAL and, um, and he's talking about mental toughness and how, you know, to get past through when your legs hurt and everything like that. And he says, like you said, like you said, every kilometer is a new thing and, and that's your goal now in order to get to the next stage. So the, the, the hack is not to think about, oh, I have like 30 more to go or to, but to say, my thing is to get to the next kilometer and that's good enough. You know, and that's when it comes, I'll have that rush of dopamine. I'll like artificially, you know, treat myself, like celebrate that for a second. Um, and that goes along with other theories of uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman and all kinds of people that are saying like, in order to get to achievement, to high achievement, you have to be able to treat yourself, to celebrate yourself and micro achievements in order to get to that one achievement. So, yeah, to totally right. And, and, and I think, you know, as, as ambitious people, which means entrepreneurs as well, right? We're so focused on the next thing, whether it's a good thing, whether it's opportunity, whether it's a challenge, like we're so focused on the next thing, we often forget the progress we're making, right? Yeah. Um, and just I mean, to your point, like celebrating those wins, not, not even celebrating, right? Like you don't have to pop champagne like every single time you do something well, like right. in your life or business, but you know, just taking that momentary pause and saying, you know what? Mm, I, you know, I'm kind of proud, you know, about that, or I'm, I'm just grateful about that, right? Or like, I just like, I see the progress that we've made here. Like that feels yeah. good, right? right? Like just timestamping those things, like, cause you're right, like that has those um, kind of creates those new neural patterns in the brain. And I think yeah. for me, that was so fascinating for anyone that's still doubts that kind of mindfulness meditation is kind of worthwhile, right? You, you, like you should, and I'm not a scientist or a doctor, right? But there's enough studies that physically show that the grooves on your brain, right? They kind of happen over time, right? As we're kind of, you know, as we grow up and as things happen to us, there's physical kind of neural pathways that you can actually see, right? And like mindfulness and, and, and meditation creates new pathways, right? right? And it kind of re literally reprograms your brain. And I think like one of those things, because in this sense, like just being aware of your wins, your progress, like that is just mindfulness, right? right? It's, be it's being mindful of a very specific thing, yeah. but you're reprogramming your brain to kind of whatever the goal is, whether it's being happier, whether it's being more content, like I, like, I don't care for labeling those things, but like there is truly magic and power in that that's backed by science, yeah. not just some airy fairy kind of your Buddhist somewhere. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I in the, in, I, this is what this show is all about, man. Like I'm, um, that's why I have this podcast and it's, you know, because I'm so into connecting the science with the faith element. Um, well, it's like, it's because there's like scientific explanations now for these things and it, it just works because um, if you're getting into meditation, like what you mentioned before, like being in, in a stress kind of situation and constant stress, fight or flight mode, where a lot of entrepreneurs are, that's being in high beta brainwaves, right? And so um, to anybody who doesn't know, and I'll just break it down, we have brain waves that are signaling, you know, that are working on different um, frequencies. So there's like beta, alpha, um, there's uh, uh, theta, and there's and then there's like you know gamma, delta, and all that. If you look at for a second, 
a glacier, right? You have the top of the glacier and you have everything below the sea level. So the top of the glacier is the beta and the alpha. And those are the brainwaves that we usually operate on like all our lives. But the thing is in a Western society, almost everybody operates on beta and high beta brain frequency, which higher beta frequency is fight or flight mode. This is stress mode, a lion is freaking chasing you and you have to survive. When you're in survival mode, you can't make right decisions. You can't even think straight. You can't, no way your life is gonna turn out fine. No freaking way. And you eventually get sick, like 100%, right? So, and, but most of us are operating on higher beta frequencies all freaking day because we're bombarded with like external stimuli. stimuli. Um, and, and especially now in COVID times, right? The news, people are getting sick around us. Uh, uh, lockdowns, quarantines, like, um, especially with kids, you know, and, 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 um, and we don't treat ourselves to, you know, even once a day to, to get down, to just bring it down from higher beta to maybe alpha, just, you know, just sit there. And the only way to do that is with proper, you know, meditation and, and, you know, breathing techniques. That's the only freaking way to do that. People don't do it. And then the thing about it is this, like you said, neuroplasticity, like you're like changing neural, neural pathways. That happens only if you're able in your life to achieve uh, theta, delta, gamma, like those kind of brainwaves, which are below the sea level. There's the only way to get there is with meditation. Like no freaking way you can, you cannot get there like with almost any kind of even guided meditation. It's only Vipassana and maybe some of like Dr. Joe Dispenza stuff. Like the, so I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a scientist about this kind of things, right? But I'm saying like 100% Vipassana will get you there. You just have to sit freaking still and just, you know, listen to your thoughts. It's very, very easy. Um, it, I mean, it's easy to do, but really hard when you sit down and all the thoughts come in. You're like, oh, I have so much to do. I'm wasting my time here. But when, when people do this, I'm like, we brush our, brush our teeth like twice a day, right? And we, we floss, we brush our teeth twice a day. We take care of our teeth. We're not taking care of our mind. That's so freaking yeah. weird, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, to, 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 to the extent, um, I think what kind of, you know, what science also shows us is um, that when, when a stress cycle does not complete, right? So i.e. if we're constantly in stress situation, the stress cycle never completes. And that is what results in trauma, right? Yeah. Literally yeah. physical trauma that gets stuck, like, like body trauma, right? Yeah. They get stuck, yeah. you're stuck somewhere. And that restricts movement, kind of, you know, literal and you know, kind of figural, right? Movement kind of going forward. So like completing those stress cycles, because we're always going to be in stressful situations. They're always going right. to pop up. The, the key there is just to kind of get out of that stressful situation, like get out of that kind of, you know, the yeah. beta state in your mind, just release the stress cycle, be calm again, and then progress forward, like move forward again, right? Yeah. Um, and again, there's, there's loads of science, you know, around that, but people don't realize that, right? And I think, you know, and, and, and at least, um, you know, big part of why I wanted to write life, you know, profitability was um, not because I believe that capitalism is wrong, right? But I do believe it has flaws. And one of those flaws is this idea of, you know, you're constantly kind of ha being a hamster running on a wheel, right? The rat yeah. race. Right? And you just never, we never slow down, right? right? And that's why people talk about burnout, right? Because right. it's all this trauma building, because they were, we're in this, like, constantly stressed situation, like, and state, 
in our lives yeah. and we're always just moving ahead right and then eventually we just can't like we just break down we we go from like running at 100 miles an hour to burnout like right. literally within an instant because it always happens like that right so it's never it, even though it's a gradual thing it always happens suddenly right and uh, but i want to ask you about this for a second because i have some theories about burnout do you what do you think burnout is made made out of i mean if you look at some amazing entrepreneurs like let's say like the, the let's let's go to the extreme gary vaynerchuk right is that people that are like 100 you know like 100 miles per hour like never stopping never sleeping kind of like all over not burning out gary gary vaynerchuk says he's not been sick in like the past i don't know like 20 30 years of his life um he, this guy seems very healthy in a way like I, we know we don't know what's going on but i mean he's Maybe he's not burning out because he just aligned with what he's doing. And then you can run just, 100 miles per hour, right? Like, Yeah, exactly right. So I think the kind of the, where I changed my mind or the thing that changed my mind about burnout, I'll tell you is um, there's a book called The Joy of Burnout by Dr. Dina Gleberman. Oh. And she right. describes, um, again, like the, the joy of burnout, right? Which is this totally kind of, you know, you know almost false dichotomy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And she describes burnout as being kind of you're reaching that point in your journey where you've invested so much in the structures in your life, but it's lost the meaning, right? And that's where burnout kind of happens. And to your point there, if, if Gary Vee is being you know, totally transparent and kind of honest about, you know, not burning out, about not being sick, then yes, I would propose that he is in alignment with his highest values, right? He is living his version of life profitability, right? And and again, like I didn't, I don't define life profitability in the book. Part of that life profitability is like all of us being very clear about what our unique personal values are, and yeah. then optimizing kind of you know, for that, right? Because if we're in alignment with ourselves, and we and, and there's meaning in that, right? There, there has to be meaning in that. It can't be just superficial stuff, right? I can't just say, hey, like I've always wanted a fleet of Lamborghinis. Um, and like, that's what the thing I will pursue because that's probably a little bit hollow, right? I think right. that there are, there, you know, on a ranking scale, like there are some things, you know, that's probably not about me that I should incorporate in terms of my defining my life possibility, i.e. others, right? For me, that's my family, for example. Yeah. But if I'm aligned in line with myself and I'm mostly pursuing things and doing things in a way that supports that, right? Then that like, I will probably avoid burnout. Right. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about um, there's, there's a couple of things that I found in my business kind of interesting and very challenging. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are going through right now, which is finding clarity because you say, yeah, I, you know, I think everybody's a hard worker. Anybody at least is listening to the show probably is a hard worker and high achiever. But the thing that a lot of people are struggling with is like clarity. It's like, okay, wait. So what should I do? You know, like, I mean, I, we have a business, we have kind of like the thing that we're good at, but how, what do I build to monetize? Um, it, because if you don't monetize anything, you're dead. Like in this Western society, we're capitalists, like that's it. Like no money, no life. But how, what can we build that actually people will, uh, will, will do something we're passionate about on one hand and on the other hand, we'll use our skills. Um, how do you have you had situations where you lacked clarity? Oh yeah, I, mean, I think all the time, right? Um, I mean, I think the probably the the, the best example is um, you know part of why 
I decided to sell Converso, right? Um, you know, beyond the fact that it was a life-changing exit and it made sense, but even you know, kind of months before that happened, the decision to sell partly was due to the fact that I knew that like email marketing was not my life's work, for example, right? Uh -huh. So like th there was you know kind of maybe not enough tension for me to just abandon the kind of the business and the project, but at least enough kind of you know discontent with what we were working on for me to know that hey, this is not going to be a, a forever thing. So um the best way by the way, like I I love the diagram if like if anyone you know listening should totally look it up. I don't know whether you've encountered it. Um Japanese concept called Ikigai. So yeah. I, I K E G A I yeah, yeah. right like what you love or like yeah. Like, exactly and it's like this yeah. massive thing, right? Um, and I'll like, bring it up right now in order for us to kind of like just um, just to um, to see oh, yeah. it. because anybody who's looking at this show um, can will be able to to see that. Um, so once I uh, let's bring it up, yeah, guy. And again, like for, for for me, as you bring it up, like that's yeah. like just having that visually in front of you and like considering. Um, you know, what you should be working on, I think is kind of, you know, or it helps, right? I think, you know, if you like, if you're lacking clarity, like that's probably something yeah. that can help over there. Because, you know, for me, that it kind of considers loads of different things, right? And and probably like all of us will fall somewhere on this diagram, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the choice is like, can I iterate from there and move closer to the middle, right? Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know, like yeah. you're familiar, like what's, what's your takeaway here? Man, I mean, uh, I, I gotta tell you, man, um, and being again, totally 100% honest because I think I owe it to my audience here and to everybody. So right now I have like three businesses, right? I have, um, and I came up as a designer, like I told you, like I was like the first designer at Fiverr, then had my own startups uh, as again, the designer and the team. And uh, we were acquired by similar web and, two and a half years there I scaled the design team we were went from 50 people to 350 people and I was a mentor at Google Accelerator and uh, flew out to Mountain Views and ran workshops in San Francisco and uh, all that thing and and that was great back then but now so coming back to now 2021 um, I can say that I have a, a, a nice a great business which is a UI UX design agency and I kind of I really enjoy you know working with my clients and I have Pixel Perfect, which is Israel's largest design blog, where I sell multiple online courses and everything's going great there as well. But I can say that this commit first here thing, you know, and talking about entrepreneurship and helping people with um, executing on their dreams um, and talking about mental toughness and mindfulness and getting that into people's, um, exactly, you know, getting your book into the hands of people. I think that's that's a passion of mine that I will, that right now kind of like my, my real, one of my real passions um and when i have a client who's um well they're they're they have an app for uh restaurants owners right then it's not my passion zone right i mean it's 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 my mission to serve that client um and i enjoy doing the design part and i enjoy working with great people all that's great but when I'm helping restaurant owners solve cash flow issues, it's 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 not really my dream and passion and calling. Um, and I'm saying, the agency is something that I'm, you know, I'm not gonna give up or stop doing. And I do enjoy doing it. Um, but it's definitely like one thing that I'm thinking about is okay, what's my ikigai? guy? What's mine? Yeah. And I'm thinking about. 
uh, actually creating software right now. Like that's, that's a real thing. I'm thinking about like using my agency to, to create a software um, that actually helps people with their mission and calling and follows and, and to build a vision uh, for themselves. Because I, I'm building a vision right now every time I run through my vision exercises and I, I developed it by spending um, about 300K on, in the past three years on masterminds and coaching. Yeah. And that's my, right now I'm like, I can't get this idea out of my mind if I build a software because that's what I do, right? I mean, I, I don't build, I don't develop, but I, um, I design them, right? But, and, and I led product design cycles and, um, and I, can, I know I can build an amazing, amazing, beautiful app like with an amazing user experience that will help people build their vision and carry out their dreams. And that really excites me. And I'm trying to keep it low, but I'm telling you, this has been for the past week, something that I cannot stop thinking about. And it, it keeps coming up every couple of months, but in the past, it never was like this where in, in the past week, there's not one day that it wasn't like burning in my mind, keeping like coming up and coming up. And I'm like, and, and you asked that question now and I'm like, shit, that's exactly what I'm thinking about right now. Like what's my, you know, uh, that's why I pulled it up so quick, quickly that Ikigai thing, because I just saw it last week um and and i already know it but i saw it again and I'm like what is the universe trying to tell me something like i should, <laughs> um um yeah man i don't know but yeah and yes i think the universe is probably they're trying to tell you something so yeah i mean i think and you know what um like I, by the way i think you should totally build that software like i'm, I'm totally curious where, where you would take that especially given just this conversation we've had but it's, yeah. i think you know for, for anyone listening i think the, the context to, to the ikigai here is kind of you know Japanese people generally in their culture they also don't believe in retirement really right they believe that kind of people should you know kind of maybe kind of when you get older of age like then slow down like don't you don't have to work as hard or push as hard and hence why kind of their um, life expectancy is is also much higher like that's one of the contributing factors right is they, they believe that because they stay active, right? Because they are within their kind of, even within their work, right? They just have, they still have purpose, right? They still have a reason for being. They kind of, you know, live longer, right? And, and we see this in, in Western society as well. If, you know, if, if you take kind of your know, older kind of your couples where the kind of the, 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 the kind of the, the, you know, a male dies and then kind of a couple of weeks later, the kind of his wife was not sick, but then suddenly she dies as well, right? Yeah. Um, and they always say like she died of heartache and whatever. And it's not really that, but it, I think there is something there with regards to like purpose and meaning, a reason yeah. for being as proposed with each guy, like that is important, right? Yeah. And finding that and having the clarity is helpful. And like, I also add like to your point um, of like, you know, repeatedly coming back to this idea of yours, is I think generally, like again, for me, it comes down to awareness, like knowing, you know, the universe is probably pro you know, trying to tell you something, right? Yeah. Um, and again, not, not in an airy-fairy manner, but something that pops into your brain that often or into your mind that often mm -hmm. is probably something you should at least investigate, right? And that's why, right. like, that's what I would advise other people to do as well, yeah. right? If, like, if you have these ideas, like, don't be impulsive necessarily, right? Like let them sit, right? And the things that yeah. ultimately come back and back and back again, there's probably something there, right? Doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be kind of life changing, um, or kind of you, you you have to kind of stop everything you're doing to pursue that thing, right. but there's probably value in at least kind of acknowledging that if it keeps going back. Yeah, definitely. And all my clients right now who's listening to this show. 
do not fire me. I'm good. Like, I love you guys. <laughs> but, but, like, I'm, I'm working on some amazing uh, companies at the moment. Um, like, I, I am. I'm, I'm working on some amazing projects. I even have one project that um, I, I actually gave a major discount on to have 5% the company for. And um, uh, so I'm, I'm like, I'm very grateful for the clients I do have at the moment. Um, and some of them are right up my alley of like working with influencers and, and people like to help them build their mission here. But, um, but yeah, but, uh, and I'm aiming more for that also in the studio to get work, to work with people that are, you know, to serve my people, you know, to serve entrepreneurs, yeah. to serve those kind of people, influencers and entrepreneurs that are trying to make an impact. Um, all right. So um, I think like, you know, we can talk about a lot of different directions. I'm thinking like, what's the next uh, phase to take this? And I think I want to ask you a bit about, um, about running, running a software company for a sec, just if we hop out this, the mindset and everything like that. I tell you why, because most people are listening to the show and are saying, okay, Eddie, this guy built like two major companies, sold them, right? Um, well, I haven't built even one. How did he do it? What, I mean, what does it take for a person to build a profitable company? And also you mentioned before, you're going through with a screwdriver. I think that most people don't even know what to look for. And they're like, screwdriver, what? Like what screws am I, should, should I be even looking for? You probably had this like framework around building a business. So can, can you um, mention that to me for a second? That's like, what is your mindset when you come to build a business? Like, what do you need? Like, what are the pillars? And yeah, yeah. and that's an interesting question. So like, like, as you asked the question, I'm actually asking myself whether my advice or suggestions would be different to someone doing this for the first time. Um, or doing this again, or thinking about what they should be doing in their existing business, perhaps, right? Right. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure, actually, whether there's a difference. Um, my gut feel here is the following, right? Is I know that every single time that I've explored a new idea, so with themes to WooCommerce, to Convergio, and now with Cogsy, my, my, my new SaaS, there, like, I go into it and I have different um, requirements or criteria that I have of, of the idea itself, right? Mm -hmm. So um, like one of the key things going from, from WooThemes um, to Convergio was like, and I'd written it down, like this is just one of those that I remember in a notebook just as I left kind of Woo back in the day um, was I wanted to build a team sooner, right? And what that meant for me was mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I had senior leaders in the team um, around me and that I, could actually trust people to do certain things. And I wasn't, you know, I, I might be at the top of the pyramid and ultimately responsible for many things, but I didn't want to be responsible for everything. So I wanted to build a team sooner. Yeah. And then when I got into kind of, you know, after Convergio um, and getting into Cogsy, like I have different, you know, because I decided to, you know, get into, you know, SaaS again, um, I had different criteria, right? I, I wanted something that I wanted to build software that I could sell for at least 200 bucks a month for, you know, as a V1 to our ideal customer, right? So I wanted kind of a slightly upmarket kind of focus. I didn't necessarily want to, you know, be lower in SMB again. Um, I wanted to build the expansion revenue like into pricing, maybe not initially, but it should be kind of, you know, able to kind of do that. So yeah. there are like those tactical things. I would actually, in saying all of that, like, like, I think 
the most important thing for anyone here, right? Because all of the, my, I think my point is, I learned those things by you know by experience, right? Yeah. Um, and anyone can learn anything. You just need to you know, apply your mind and you know, kind of you know, speak to the right people. I mean, I, you mentioned spending 300K um, you know, on coaches and kind of mentors. Like, I totally, like, I, I truly believe that like, that's the game changer. Go find someone else that has done the thing that's similar to what you're hoping to do and is further along than you are in that journey. Yeah. And they've successfully done that and pay them to coach you, right? Because yeah. people, people will totally do that. So you can learn the tactical things and you can come up with this kind of framework as I have in terms of building a new SaaS and here's my things. I think what is crucially important at the very, very start there, and I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing the idea of anyone being an entrepreneur, right? I think being an entrepreneur is like an absolutely incredible thing to do. I would probably ask someone like, do you really want to be an entrepreneur? Right. Like, is that really something that you want? Because the reality here is like, like, I think people like, I know for myself, this is true. And I think for many entrepreneurs, this is also true. When they started their journey, they part of their goal was some version of freedom, right? Where it's like, hey, I like I want to work for kind of for myself. Um, I want to work on the things that I want to work on. I want to work with whom I want to work on. I want to work when I want to work. And I want to kind of decide all those things. Right. But then when you're an entrepreneur and you have your business, I mean, you mentioned responsibility before, right? Team members, payroll to run, right. et cetera. You're trading, you're getting some of those freedoms of choice, at least, and not, not working for the man, kind of, you know, quote unquote right. here. But you're trading those freedoms for other limitations and restrictions, right? right. Responsibility, right? Yeah. We trade it like literally these days, like, you know, if you're building a business, like any digital business, all businesses have a digital kind of angle, right? Yeah. We're trading our kind of your presence of mind by having our you know, phones in our pockets and our business in our pockets, right? right. right. So like there, there are trade-offs here. And I think that's the question that I would probably ask like anyone here. Like if you like truly wanted to build a successful business, like figure out, how this aligns with your highest values, right? And make sure that you can build a business that aligns with your highest values. Yeah. Success or failure in the business itself, like is a very binary, narrow kind of measurement, right? Mm -hmm. That will ultimately be a byproduct of you being the best version of yourself in that business. Right, right. I mean, I think it's a great answer, man. Um, and, and also the way to think about it is like, no matter what I want to create, like I can find someone who did it and pay him to coach me. Yeah. Like um, I think the knowledge that we don't know that we don't know is kind of like what gets us to our next phase always. And whether it be it in like business, building a business or maybe even in marathon running, you know, like I bet yeah. you asked a lot of questions when you were, you know, towards running your yeah. marathon, right? Exactly. So I, mean, I, I literally found um, a gentleman local in South Africa that had run loads of like like ultra marathons, not even just marathons, wow. right? Um, and like incredible times. And like, I think he was like, he was always 50 by the time, but he yeah. literally he coached me through it, right? Like he worked out my training programs uh -huh. and I stuck to it, right? And nice. like, it worked, right? I mean, it was, it was painful, but it worked, right? I mean, I, I told him, we started the kind of engagement and I said, here's my goals. And he said, that's fine. You've got enough time stick to the plan and kind of you know it, it will happen right so yeah. like i think that that truly like that mindset of just finding someone to coach you like i think is is crucially important yeah like in all like, we spoke about kind of marriage you know um, therapy and you know yeah. couples counseling whatever you want to call it earlier that's just a coach in a different way right that's just right. we exactly. could probably your communication coach for kind of couples or whatever you want to call it right there doesn't have to be stigmatized right having a coach i think and having multiple coaches is an absolute superpower 
yeah. right? Yeah. Like, that's that's how like we make you know better. Like, I wouldn't even say faster or more progress. I would just say that's how we make better progress, like on yeah. any goals that we want to achieve. Definitely, I, I I really agree with that. And uh, you know, when when I was exploring, like when I found this thing about like when I first hired my coach who got me out of debt and like you know building my six figure business, I was like, holy shit! Like, did I get something? And I started like getting coaches all around me. I had a financial coach and I had a community coach and I had like you know like and then I was like, now I want to preach this to others. I want to say, hey guys, like listen, you gotta listen to this. Like, get a coach, you know, invest. Um, because I was not someone who invested in coaching and, uh, and I still come across that in, because I coach as well. And like a lot of the people that I potentially could coach and really help them with their business do not invest because they're afraid to put money into a coach. And, um, and I, so I went and I searched Conor McGregor because he's like a champion I know, and, and I've never seen his coach. I'm like, I bet Conor has a coach. Like there's no, like, obviously every, every, every champion has a coach. And I searched Conor McGregor pictures. And, um, and I see him on the ring, you know, with all like, you know, the belt and everything. And then I searched again, kind of my Gargit coach. And then I see some of the same pictures, him in the ring with the coach by his side. I'm like, oh, that's a coach. That's, a, you know, and, and, and I think every, every, you know, greatness is achieved by having some sort of accountability, whether it be great mentors and friends who can also keep you accountable and, um, and coaches, like to give you the knowledge. So. Yeah, exactly right. And, and, I, and I think there's so many different types of coaches that you can have, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've also I mean you mentioned masterminds, like for the longest time, I was um, well, for about five, six years, I was part of um, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, right? Mm. Had a forum, which is a mastermind, right? That's, yeah. that's just coaches in a kind of different kind of manner right yeah um, so like, again, like, there's multiple ways to do it. The, yeah. I think the key is just that none of us has to embark on these journeys of ours. Like books are coaches, right? Yeah. Like I like most of the ideas in my book, right, are remixes of other ideas, right? That are out there, right? Yeah. Ideas from the stories, ideas from Buddhists, ideas from yeah. science, ideas from you know my personal experience, ideas from my business coach, right? Yeah. And it's all just a remix, right? So yeah. like coaches come in you know loads of shapes and yeah. forms. Like we just need to be open to them um, and be open to the learning reading. Love it, love it. Yeah, definitely. I'd, by the way, can can you can you bring your book over? I see it over there in the. Yeah, I've, um, can you? I've got I've got I've got books everywhere. By the way, awesome, awesome. At this stage, so yeah. I, I want to say first of all, like, dude, congrats on the book, Life Profitability. Thanks. Amazing. Um, and I want to also do another thing. Um, let's have a giveaway. I, I want to buy. Like, I'll buy, I'll buy ten books from you, and we'll give it out to audience members here, uh, in exchange for just sharing sharing the picture, just take a snapshot, whether you're looking uh, at watching YouTube right now and, and seeing this interview or whether you're um, listening to this on the audio format, take a snapshot um, and share it on social media in your stories or in your feed, tag Adi and I. You, um, Adi, what's your, uh, what's your handle? It's, it's Adi. Uh, uh, until, yeah, yeah, no, it's just Adi, so A-D-double-I. Easy. Okay, so A-D-double-I. And, um, yeah. and so just uh, tag, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram um, or Facebook, whatever you find yeah. or LinkedIn, even if you want, like to share it, tag us. Um, uh, my team will monitor that. And, um, and I'm Sagi Schreiber, obviously you, you can do that or just tag um, if you can also commit first to show itself, it's commit.first. 
So, um, and and uh, and we'll give away ten books and send it your way. Um, so awesome. And and thanks for just like, by the way, everyone listening, like this was not planned beforehand. Like yeah. I'll totally double that. Like if if you do ten, like I'll add another ten to you know to the mix, and we'll kind of you know, give give twenty you know twenty people. Um, well, I think is a pretty good book, right? So, it's an amazing, um, or at least, uh, thank you. So, yeah, amazing, amazing. I, I, I'm excited. I, this is amazing. So, 20 people, 20 books giveaway. Um, you know, this is this is this is a book you guys really want to read. I mean, I, I just said that. Obviously, I haven't read the whole thing because I was in the PDF version, and I, I don't skim PDF that well. But I, I did skim it, and I did, um, I, I went into the content, and I loved everything inside. Obviously, you can see in this conversation that. Eddie and I have a lot in common. So, I mean, Eddie, let's, let's finish it off by um, talking about morning routines for a sec, because I know you're big on morning routines, wake up at 5.30 a.m. Um, before the kids wake up. Um, yeah. And uh, man, how do, you, how do you do it? I mean, wow. That's, when do you go to sleep? Uh, too late. Most, most evenings too late. Um, I try and get seven, seven and a half hours sleep. Um, and then I totally compromise uh, compromising sometimes, especially like I'm a big Manchester United fan and I watch football and if there's yeah. weekday games, it's normally like it ends at midnight for me. So I stay up for those. Um, so, so midnight, yeah, I try, I, five and a half hours, basically. Yes, right. So, and, and again, like my morning routine has shifted over the years, right? Yeah. Um, like, for example, it's changed in the last two or three years as my kids have gone to kind of school in town and I need to like, I do the morning routine with them, for example. Mm -hmm. um, like I do the school run, I kind of get the breakfast, you know, literally kind of herd sheep, get them dressed, et cetera, and then right. drop them right. off at school. So, um, which means like you, before that, my mornings were more open and I could probably sleep a little later. So, right. but in, during school time, and I'm not that rigid about this anymore, but what I like doing, is I like to be kind of awake for about an hour before they wake up. Generally. Yeah, man, me too. Right, yeah. and before yeah. that craziness starts. And yeah. then what I like doing is most probably kind of a mixture of things. Um, and again, that this changes, right? But, you know, sometimes I kind of read with a kind of, uh, you know, with you know, a cup of coffee. Sometimes yeah. I, you know, meditate, just simple Vipassana, right? It's like yeah. nothing, nothing fancy to it. Sometimes I'll kind of your journal and do a bit of kind of morning pages, right? Just kind of that stream of consciousness kind of writing. Um, yeah, like, I've, I, like I, I do many other things. I think the key there is just for me, I know I set my days up to be really good when I can have that, even if it's just a half an hour, just that calm, right? And yeah. like trying to stay away from my phone, for example, trying to stay away from email, trying to stay away from external stimuli, just that yeah. almost controlled, peaceful space that is just about me. Um, Cause that really sets me off, like you know, generally to have a, a better day than a worse day. Yeah. And I think, man, that's so important. I mean, this show is about helping people execute on their dreams. And I think if anybody wants to execute on their dreams, again, like we said, you're going to have a lot of friction. And in that friction, and especially if you have kids, uh, by the way, how old are your kids right now? They're six and nine. Six and nine. So, um, and like mine is also kind of close. It's seven, five, and we have a baby, five months. Mm -hmm. So right now it's like the toughest, you know, like period in a way. Um, but um, so... I think it's very important to have a morning routine. And also like when you hear the greats talk about it, it's like the way to set yourself up for success. Um, if you wanna set yourself uh, up for success yeah. any, at any given time. Um, and so 
Okay, first of all, let's talk about this sleep versus morning routine kind of thing for a second. Um, do you do you ever sacrifice? So you say you sacrifice sleep every once in a while for the morning routine. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how often does it happen? Once or twice a week. So I I, I try and limit it, and I like I would always say um, like if if I again like the, the you know when when the kids are at school, and again the last year of this has been different, right? Because when they don't go to yeah. school, like I can essentially push out the morning routine, right? I don't yeah. have this, you know, kind of uh, yeah. you know, Get time, the... timeline that yeah. I could do, right? So if I, yeah. you know, Craziness. in that case, like I, I, I would do the same thing, but if I went to bed at midnight, I would just get up at 7 a.m. instead, right? Yeah. Um, and I would rather, because I think like the one thing um, that changed my mind, and I'm a bad sleeper generally, um, just because I struggle to fall asleep, um, interestingly yeah. enough, um, huh. But I, I truly believe, like anyone that hasn't heard of the term, like sleep debt, right? The yeah. idea that like you can't catch up on sleep. Like I can't sleep four hours, to, you know, tonight, and then you know, twelve hours, you know, tomorrow night, and then say, well, I averaged eight hours, which is yeah. what the doctor recommended, right? It doesn't work right, like that. Right, you never, right. you never yeah. catch up on sleep. You, you ultimately miss, right? So I do believe that consistent, like good sleep is important, which is why I aim for that seven hours. But and and I would always again, like it depends on how busy I am or how important the next day is, right? And I essentially decide then, like, if it's a busy day, then I will probably get up and I will make sure that I do the morning routine because, yeah. like, that will get me through the day better than an hour's extra sleep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into that dilemma all the time. <laughs> but um, I, I, I tend to be up late because I teach um, my, my classes mostly. Um, I have one class that, like, I teach and I find myself, like, teaching either, like, some kind of mastermind or my or my ui ux class or something like that like uh, three times a week i find myself like teaching and then after that having calls with my us based clients um and then i go like i finish at about sometimes 9 30 10 and then i help my wife with the baby and i make us dinner and i take the dog out for a walk and i like and after all that craziness i just want to have like an hour of peace before i go to sleep as well so it's kind of like i always push back my sleep and then after that i'm like oh i want to wake up before the kids you know, before I have to wake up the kids and, and, um, and yeah, so I guess, um, I think just for our audience, I, I think it's just an important to stress, right? Like you just talked about it, like sleep debt is real. And, um, you, you know, uh, one thing that I learned in the recent year is like, you we can't, uh, avoid sleep. Like sleep is actually like in a way as important, if not more important than there are our, our morning routines, but sometimes like, because the morning routine is important for our mental health the next day. I think to set up for success and and to have a calm day, not wake up with the craziness of kids and everything. Yeah. Then we need to we need to have that kind of like hour buffer before the kids wake up and and do the thing that are like uh, hell Elrods, you know, the lifesavers. Kind of like just you know either meditate or read or journal or um, repeat affirmations or work out or do something. It's you time, no phone, um, no emails, just you know. Um, yourself and I think it's very important it's great that you do that um, can I ask about the journaling part because I'm, I'm really getting recently into journaling uh, mostly at night but I would love to to hear what you have yeah yeah um, and, and sorry, really I don't have any um, real kind of be a blueprint there uh -huh. like when I enjoyed most is I I literally just put pen to paper and uh -huh. I start writing the first sentence that comes to mind and I just see how long I can write about that thing that comes to mind, right? Is, and is sometimes it, it's, 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 yeah, sorry. Is it, sorry, and I have, like, if, if I write the first sentence that comes to mind, 
if I if I sit down in the morning, it it, it needs to be it probably be negative. I don't know. I, that's that's me. Yeah, and and so my take on it is that like I I didn't try and apply judgment to the words like because yeah. there's no there's no purpose to the words like I'm not going to publish them anywhere. I'm not going to necessarily share them right yeah. with anyone. Like it's just. For me, it's just that download. Like, I just need to Got get it. these things out of my mind Got so that I can actually focus on probably more important things, right? Nice. Yeah. So I think like that that's the primary goal there. Like sometimes I go back and I kind of randomly read through things or start reading things. And like, yeah. if it's interesting and it sparks interest, like I, I'll, I'll read the whole thing that I wrote. Yeah. And sometimes it's interesting, like I can actually see some patterns emerging. Yeah. And like, there is some kind of insight and realization probably there and value. But most of it really, as I said, is like 99% of why I do it at least is just to kind of you know, get it out, right? Because I think most of what I've written there is noise, right? That would have otherwise yeah. cluttered the good thoughts and the good ideas um, you know, in my mind during that day. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting to just write and just download and not judge. And that's a practice of its own, you know? So. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm, I have had periods where like, if I write like three things I'm grateful for and then three of my goals, it kind of keeps me, you know, intact, you know? Um, yeah. But I think, you know, Donald is, is, is good. It's a good for, 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 anyone, for, for anyone, if, if the idea of just kind of you putting pen to a blank piece of paper, like sounds scary or like not fun, um, a really good kind of, you know, or something to try at least. And I, I did it for a while, really liked it um, before I went more free form as uh, the five minute journal, right? Mm -hmm. Literally takes kind of your know, five minutes um, and it is more kind of around gratitude um, and intention setting, basically. Yeah. Um, those are kind of the two primary thing and, and affirmations, right? right? So kind of affirming that, hey, I, like, I'm okay with myself for whatever yeah. reason, right? Um, yeah. So as I said, like, for, like that's definitely the, the easier way to get into it um, and like super helpful discipline. Yeah, and by the way, I can recommend the five minute journal. I have it as well. Um, been been using that until I understood I want to be more free form as well. And kind of just now I'm kind of like also at nighttime, I'm trying to free form. I'm trying to mix everything up. Um, and yeah, man, dude, it was such a pleasure. I think we have to wrap up now. But um, before we do, before we do, I want to just uh, one mention that we're doing the book giveaway, guys. Everybody listening right now, yeah. just take a Snapchat right now and share it on social media, anywhere on Twitter or on Instagram stories or in your feed, whatever you want. Just tag us. Um, Eddie is A D double I and myself, Sagi Schreiber is S A G I S H R I U. You'll find the rest. Um, and also say, you know, you heard in the Commit First podcast, you can tag Commit First on Instagram. We have an Instagram account, we don't have a Twitter account, but. Um, so feel free to tag us. My team will monitor all those uh, all those tagging going on, and then we will give out twenty. You know, I'm buying ten, and Adi is giving away ten. Guys, it's gonna be awesome. Just share it, and uh, I think this is a very important episode, Adi. Thank you so much for for coming on the show. This book is amazing. Um, I can't wait to also get the audio version. When, when's the audio version coming up? Uh, at this stage, so we're looking at late March, early late March. April uh, for, awesome. for the audiobook to be available. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have a, a plan or, or like, are you, are you just going to read it or are you going to do it like something special with a... Yeah, so, so no, I'm not going to read it. My publishing team, who are experts, they actually advised against kind of me doing it. Um, oh. Just because I say, like, I, I think, again, like, you know, my 
you know, articulation, like reading slowly, like, I mean, everyone here can probably hear that, you know, I, I'm, like, I, I'm, I speak in a kind of fast manner. So, like, I'm probably not the best person to be reading a 60,000 word book. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm not narrating it myself. Like, we'll get, um, we've got a kind of a proper kind of voice kind of artist and expert that will be, will be reading the book. All right. All right. Cool. Um, I, I think you should, uh, if you, if, if you listen to David Goggins book, by the way, uh, yeah. So he, I'm not he listening has, to it, yeah. Oh, so he has like he, in the mid, in between episodes, like someone reads out the chapters, and in between chapters they interview him. That the guy interviews uh-huh. him on, on the chapter, and that's kind of like gives the whole thing kind of like a podcast. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing. Like um, if you get to do that, I know it's like already going, coming out soon, but if you get to do that, that'll be awesome. But if not, I, anyways, I'm gonna look out for the audiobook because I love audiobooks as well. Um, and um, obviously I'm going to read the copy once it gets here. Um, Ali, anywhere else you would like to send people off to, like to, to on socials? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're impatient for, kind of, you know, for don't want to wait for the giveaway to potentially win a book, um, you can totally go to kind of you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you generally would find books, like the book would be there. Um, otherwise, as I mentioned, like I'm ADII on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and LinkedIn, um, and the only other place, like if you want to learn more about kind of my journey up till now, um, you can go to my kind of your personal blog or website, which is adii.me. All right, I will link everything here in the show notes, so you guys can just check out the show notes. And uh, Addy, thank you so much, man. That was an amazing episode. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, and I, I'm I'm grateful to have met you. You know, like to to have this platform to meet you, man. So thank you. Yeah, but likewise, thanks, thanks for having me. I you know, really, really love this conversation today. For sure, man. All right. Thank you so much for watching. And if you like what you just saw, please consider subscribing down below and also clicking the notifications button. Subscriptions go a long way. It's your way of saying thank you. I want to hear more from you. So I would love to see you here subscribed and, and for me to be able to reach you with uh, other videos that I post here. Besides that, I would love to invite you to the community over on Facebook. It's the Creativepreneurs community. So just go over to Facebook and search for Creativepreneurs. I'll also link it here down in the show notes. And one last thing, I have a weekly newsletter coming out with books that I read and I recommend, with podcasts that I listen to, and with a personal note sharing my insights uh, for other creatives in order to build their business as a lifestyle business and uh, build their tribe. So if you are interested in that, you can also head on to the link in the show notes where you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Um, that's how I came up. I love newsletters. So I wish you tons of success with your journey and hope to see you again in the next video. Cheers.